0: The following episode contains adult content and violence. Listener discretion is advised. Stick around after the episode for some important reminders. And don't forget, Legacy is a serialized podcast, which means you shouldn't have skipped episode two. You know who you are. Legacy, a Star Wars audio drama, created and produced by Crystal Storm. Episode 8. Chapter
1: 23, The Problem with Perspective. Ice-cold wind whipped around my row. I could smell the incoming snow on the frosty air and welcomed it. I liked this planet. It reminded me of a time when I crafted my first lightsaber, when everything had been so simple. I sighed quietly, shaking my head at myself. It was important to stay in the present, to not dwell on the past, but that was extremely difficult when I could feel the darkness coming and knew the cause of it. My sister. No, I corrected myself. Larissa Daclan and Kazrin died the same day. An evil Sith Lord now stood in her place. An apprentice to Darth Angrel, the Emperor's wrath, who plotted to destroy everything I held dear. Darth Vérez posed a threat large enough that I could no longer keep my dirty little secret from the Council. Years ago, I told them Larissa had taken her own life. Even when I fought Larissa. No. Darth Vérez, on the Emperor's secret space station. I had not revealed to the Council that it was my sister. But circumstances were so severe that I no longer had any choice but to tell them the truth. Tython was at stake. I was pulled slowly from my thoughts when I felt Elijah's approach. I did not turn to look at him as he stood beside me. Where is she, Elijah? Who? Don't play games with me, please. You know who.
2: Does it still hurt you to say her name? Elijah? I don't know where she is, Zeran.
1: I slowly turned, looking at Elijah. The Force outlined him for me, gave him the vague features and colors. But it was the kind of sight Amira Luka was used to. He was of the light side. He'd always proven that. And he'd saved my life once. Regardless of that, he was hiding something. After my battle with Darth Vérez, I no longer completely trusted my instincts. Something was throwing them off. Why else would I have sensed something of the light still left in Darth Verez? You've seen her.
2: That much is true, though it was several months ago. She sought me out concerning an issue with her apprentice.
1: Explain.
2: (laughs) He's in love.
1: Elijah, I won't pretend to understand why you hold a Sith in such high regard, but you felt the impending
2: danger. Of course. Why do you think it comes from Larissa, though? Who else could it be? She loves you, Zaren.
1: I was silently thankful I kept my arms crossed and tucked under the sleeves of my robe so Elijah could not see the clench of my hands. She does not. If she did, she would surrender and let justice be done. Instead, she plots against both the Empire and the Republic, but we both know it is the Jedi who are her targets. Now why do you think that? Not this. You stand for the light. You've cured all doubters of suspicion that a Chiss could serve the Republic and done a great service to your people. You've saved the lives of Jedi Masters and fought unspeakable darkness yourself. Why won't you help me stop her?
2: Because your pain has blinded you. She is not your enemy, Zerin.
1: How can you say that? After all the atrocities she committed as a Sith? As the Emperor's wrath?
2: Will you not listen to your heart?
1: I will listen to the Force and my conscience. They do not steer me wrong. Both tell me Darth Fieras must be stopped.
2: <sighs> she conquered Dubrillion for Rishadrayan. If you're looking for her, she may be there.
1: Convenient. Neither Republic nor Empire is permitted on that planet.
2: Well, I'm sure if you ask nicely.
1: I will find her, Elijah. And I will stop her.
2: I do not doubt you, Zeron. I only wish you understood the matter as thoroughly as you think you do.
1: I understand she is a Sith who has chosen the dark side. I need know nothing else.
2: She seeks redemption for her crimes.
1: I have yet to see any evidence of that.
2: The inside information that always seems to come to your allies on the missions you are directly involved in, where do you believe it comes from?
1: The blood, sweat, and sacrifice of those who oppose the Emperor. Who else?
2: Are you so certain?
1: If you know something, Elijah, say it.
2: When Euphrates was miraculously saved, whom do you believe caused that?
1: What do you know of her machinations?
2: I am merely trying to give you a different perspective, Zerin.:
1: Prove what you say or stop saying it. Until then, I will not believe that Darth Beerus, the Merciless, has ever assisted me.
2: Would you truly believe it, even if I could prove it? Of
1: course I would. I would much rather believe that she is not so far gone she cannot face redemption. I simply don't share your optimism.
2: I didn't save your life on Angrel's ship. She did.
1: Out of all the things Elijah could have said, I did not expect that. Near the start of the Cold War, I was forced to kill Darth Angrel's son. Angrel was never a fan of the peace treaty anyway, and openly waged war on the Republic afterwards. Darth Angril killed my master, Orgus Din, for the whole Republic to see. The day Angril's attack on Euphrates failed, I boarded his ship and confronted him. But despite my best efforts, he overpowered me. The last thing I remembered was his force power slamming into me. When I'd woken, Elijah was kneeling over me, tending to my wounds, and Angril was gone. Laresa was there? Why had she come? Why hadn't she stayed? Why hadn't she told me? What games are you
2: playing? No game. She did it. Not me. She fought him, subdued him, called me to get you, and dragged him before the Dark Council to face punishment for his violation of the treaty.
1: If she did that, it wasn't for me. It was to gain his power, and it worked. She's now the Emperor's Wrath.
2: If you say so, Master Jedi. Is there anything else?
1: No, Elijah, that's all. But if I find out you're helping her, I will report you to the Council.
2: I know you will. May the Force be with you, Zarin. And you. Chapter
3: 24 Setting a Trap. Ilum Spaceport BT 7 Thunderclap The Vigilance. Eric and I were enclosed in their private quarters. It was not for romantic reasons. Eric stood at attention, and I was listening to the report coming from the two cyborgs. Axamili and Jix Jonas were formerly SIS, and now worked freelance for whomever could afford their fee. I met the Munnar Shadda during an important mission, and had been using them to track Darth Verus
4: ever since.
5: By the time we got into Lorimar, whatever was in that case was long gone.
4: They took the data core out of the dead droid, too.
5: The item was given to Reed. We tracked her to Debrillian.
4: And her daughter? Operative Valtana, is deep undercover. It'd be difficult to find her, but we've confirmed that Elijah is her father.
6: What about Darth Verus' other son? The Sith.
5: Darth Barris is trying to kill him. (laughs) Typical Sith stuff.
4: (laughs) Good one, Axie.
3: Good. Don't interfere yet. Let's see how that plays out.
4: Understood. We do have something you might be able to use. We intercepted a transmission from the Mandalorians to the Bounty Hunter. They're throwing him a party at the Star Cluster Casino on Nar Shaddaa. In three days. Excellent.
3: Thank you, boys.
4: Hey, it's your credits. We'll see if we can't find a way to get onto Brilliant and see what's in that factory.
3: Good. Be careful. Eric came forward and walked both agents off the ship. I was pacing in a small line when he returned.
6: What's going through that pretty head of yours?
3: An opportunity. I'm going to alert Saros to the bounty hunter's location.
6: He'll start a witch hunt like no other. After that business on Quesh, I'm surprised Saros thinks about anything else.
3: Exactly. Darth Vera's passion will get the better of her if her son is killed or captured. Then it'll only be a matter of time.
6: We'll get her, Macathia.
3: I know we will. We were just so close on Hoth. I couldn't help but look at the only picture of Kazrin I had. It had been a family picture, and I'd cut Larissa and Reed out of it.
6: You still don't talk about him much. I won't pry but I'd like to know more about the man you've sworn to avenge.
3: Two days before the war started, I ran away from the Sith and transport hopped my way to Coruscant. When I got there, obviously, there was shock and so much mistrust. Well-earned, of course, but Kazr never looked at me like I was just a Sith. I told the Jedi Council everything I knew, and during the war I helped in any way they would let me. Kazrin volunteered to watch over me, but he did more than that. He made me part of his family. I still don't know why. For the first five years, I was glued to his side. It was because of him I was allowed to test my mettle as a soldier. I owe everything to him, and I never got a chance to say thank you. He didn't deserve to die like that.
6: You're right. He didn't.
3: Eric kissed the tip of my nose. Something that never failed to make me smile. It made some of my anger bleed away.
6: Don't you think it's time we told Zarin what we know?
3: No. Not yet. She'll be honor-bound to alert the Council to Elia's deception, and I don't want to give him away. If we can't use Darth Vera's children against her, he may be our only other option.
6: Smart play.
3: I am the brains of the operation.
6: Permission to get you back for that later, sir.
3: Sooner than later, Lieutenant. I'll make the call to catch the bounty hunter. You get the rest of the crew off my ship.
7: Yes, sir. Chapter 25. Crossing the Line. Happy. That's the only way I could describe the last few months of my life. I had Mako. I had a blacklist. I had some Mandalorian buddies and the family's plan was right on schedule. Everything was good. Of course, in the back of my mind, I knew it was just a matter of time before something went wrong, but I wasn't thinking about that. It wasn't hard not to. I was too focused on trying to make sure Mako was attached to me, as I was to her. Then, the bad shit happened. There was only a small select group of bounty hunters in the galaxy that was good enough to be able to see the blacklist. I was one of them. After I'd proven I was more than just the great hunt champion, they'd called to say they were throwing me a party. I was all about it. Mako and I, the whole crew really, had been busting our butts, so it was definitely time for a little r and I'd foregone my armor for a tire fitting for a party. Even with my blasters still at my hips, I didn't go anywhere without them. I was waiting for Mako by the ship's hatch when she emerged, and she looked so damn pretty, I was considering skipping the party and taking her right to bed. My facial expression must have given me away because she blushed, laughed, and kissed the corner of my mouth.
8: Later, big guy. Show me a good time first.
7: Oh, I'll show you a good time. I waggled my brows at her and she giggled. That's right, giggled. I did steal a kiss before I slipped her arm through mine and let her off the ship. The boys would lock everything down and meet us there. Blizz was super excited about the casino and had declared he was going to reverse engineer one of the slot machines. I sure wasn't going to stop him. Mako and I were making out a little in the elevator when it finally arrived at the penthouse floor of the casino. The moment the doors opened, I knew something was wrong. The smell of blaster smoke hit my nose and a second later I frowned. Koro? I put my finger to her lips to shush her, made sure she stayed behind me, and pulled out one of my guns. We stepped off the elevator, rounded a corner, and there were the bodies. The hallway spoke of the fight and my anger grew with each dead face I passed that I recognized. I stopped by one, kicking the body over with my booted toe, and saw that she'd been killed by a lightsaber. Then I heard voices. I narrowed my eyes and crept towards the open archway, close enough that I could hear the conversation. I see they refused to cooperate, and no sign of the fugitive. No matter. Advance the timeline and call in support. I recognized the voice. Months ago, back on Kesh, some idiot Republic, whatever, tried to have me arrested for killing Jedi Master Kaelian Jero. Coming after me was one thing, but this? He'd gone too fracking far. I barged into the room and saw Jedi talking on the holocom. I pointed one of my blasters at the Jedi, the other in the direction of the three Republic guards that had survived the fight. Looking for me? This is your last chance to surrender peacefully. Don't be as foolish as your friends peacefully you call this peacefully without hesitation i turned both my barrels onto the guards and with three quick shots i blew open their heads how's that for peacefully the jedi let out a scream of anger and charged me Mako, get back i rolled out of the way of the jedi's lightsaber she came at me again deflected some of my blaster fire and tried to get in close which was just stupid The minute she thought she was close enough to run me through, I flicked a switch on my blaster, and a stream of fire came out right into her face. She screamed, dropping her lightsaber and falling backwards. I shoved my blasters back onto my hips and picked up her lightsaber. Walking over to her, I stared at the holocom as I held her own blade. How high do I have to stack the corpses before you get the message? Without waiting for a response, I shoved the Jedi's own lightsaber into her chest. You will not continue to murder Jedi with impunity. Oh yeah? Want to be next? All you gotta do is come get me. I shut off the connection. I tossed the lightsaber aside and took a few deep breaths to calm myself down. Wasn't working, though.
8: Is this our fault? Did we just get them killed?
7: No, they weren't strong enough to stay alive.
8: What? How could you be so callous? Are you going to say that about me when you get me killed?
7: My fury peaked that she would say that to me. I whirled on her. My first instinct was to tell her nothing would happen to her on my watch, but I knew better. Carrying around that kind of ego did get people killed. It was a heck of a lot smarter to make sure the crew you traveled with was on top of their game at all times. So I kept my mouth shut, turned my back on her, and walked out. She could follow or not, she wasn't my favorite person right then. Mako was no dummy, she knew she'd struck a nerve. I didn't mind her getting emotional, but I was real tired of her inability to deal with death. And right now, I suspected we had a big, fracking problem. When we got back to the ship, a bad day was getting worse. Chapter 26, Handling at the Sith Way The moment Mako and I set back on the ship, I turned on the hollow terminal. The crew gathered round and we listened to Republic Supreme Chancellor Janaris call me out for a list of crimes I had not committed. Granted, there were a few, but the majority of them were so trumped up it was ridiculous. They want to make me a monster? Fine. They're going to get one.
8: There's a 10 million credit bounty out now for your capture.
7: Every hunter in the galaxy will be after us.
8: It gets worse. Imperials are making a big show of breaking ties with us. We can't stay on Narshida, and it looks like we won't be safe in Imperial space either.
7: Every single coward that turned their back on us is going to die.
8: Wait. We're getting an Imperial summons. We're at a rendezvous with a fleet in the Outer Rim.
7: Let's go see what they have to say. The crew was silent as we headed to the rendezvous point. I brought everyone with me when we boarded Darth Tormund's ship because I didn't know what to expect. Some stupid little imp was waiting for us, and he tried to get us to surrender our weapons. First, I told him no. When he wouldn't listen and got mouthy, I blew his head open. Torian, with me. Let's go find this Darth.
8: No, I'll come. If you're going to tear through the ship like I think you are, you'll need a medic.
7: I didn't argue with her, and tear through the ship I did. Every imp that got in my way got my blaster in their face. Finally, I found Darth Torman in his executive quarters. He was your typical Sith, but I could feel the power coming off him, and knew instantly I wouldn't be able to take him if it came to that. I see you've gotten rid of your escort. I don't give up my gun for anybody, not even for Sith hospitality.
1: You will start
6: appreciating what I offer. Or I will treat your things
7: as you treat mine. Darth Tormin lifted his hand, and Mako started choking. <laughs> I cannot tell you the fear that went through me, especially when he didn't stop. Enough! Darth Tormin smirked and let her go, but by then she'd passed out. I caught her form, and the ugly Darth kept speaking like he hadn't just done that. I was only half listening to him because I wanted to kill him, and I was going to. I vowed as I carried Mako back to the crew, but I'd accepted his offer. War had broken out on Corellia, and he wanted Supreme Chancellor Jinaris' head on a platter. I wanted the stupid mustache Jedi who I knew was Battlemaster June Saros. We needed to draw out Saros to get to the Chancellor, so it was a win-win, except I was going to make sure Tormund got the short end of the stick. Back on the ship, I didn't give the crew a destination right away, because I needed a moment to think. We floated out in deep space, and the boys made themselves busy. Mako had woken, a little shaky, but none the worse for wear. She went to shower, and I stayed at my desk, frowning darkly at the wall. Darth Tormund made me realize Mako could not come with me on this next little phase of my journey. He could pit her against me in an emotional way, and I wouldn't let him use how I felt about her to manipulate me. And truth be told, it was probably better we took some time. I didn't have the urge to do the honorable thing where either the Republic or the Empire was concerned. Right now, I just wanted to destroy things until I got my name cleared and set the record straight. Mind made up, I rose to my feet and went on my holocom. A few seconds later, my brother's face appeared.
6: Lancoro, I'm hearing some interesting things about you.
7: What's your situation looking like, big bro?
6: My master tried to have me killed. The fool.
7: <laughs> Typical day, then. What's troubling you?
6: How can I help?
7: Do you have room for a slicer on your ship? Not just a babysit. She's a workhorse.
6: I have much need of a good slicer, in fact. You're Mako? Yeah. Something wrong.
7: I've got some business to handle, and I'd prefer she wasn't around for it.
6: Bring her to Dubrillion. I will meet you there, and you can give me the full story.
7: Will do. Thanks, Van.
6: I will protect her with my life. And keep her so busy, she won't have time to be angry at
7: you. See you in a few days. I shut off the holocom and realized I wasn't alone. I turned to see Mako standing behind me, and boy did she look furious.
8: You can't just pass me around to your family.
7: If you don't want me to get you killed, this is your ticket.
8: Koro, I didn't- I'm gonna
7: kill them all, Mako. Whoever gets in my way on this is going to die. I could tell by the expression on her face that she didn't like it, but it was the truth. The kid gloves were off. I was gonna handle this the Sith way because the Republic sure the frack had. But really, more than that until I got a little stronger, Darth Torman was the big reason. My gaze strayed to her throat, and I remembered how terrified I'd been when he'd started force choking her. My face tightened. Look, if you don't want to go to Vansito's ship, don't. I'll drop you off wherever. He needs the help though.
8: I'll get my things.
7: Stay in my quarters until we get there. I'll sleep in the lower bunks. Before she could argue with me, I walked past her into the cockpit and shut the door. The journey to Debrillion was the longest three days of my life. I'd never been so fracking glad to see a city spaceport, because any more time out, my resolve might have broken. Mako kept her distance, and I hated it. To add to that, every time I passed her on the ship, she kept throwing melty looks my way, and it was ripping me up inside. I had to do this, though. There wasn't another choice. When we landed, Vancito and Vet met us in the spaceport. I hugged my brother tightly and kissed Vet on the cheek. Vet wisely went up to Mako and took her aside. I really loved that Tweelik. And from the expression on my brother's face, as he briefly watched her depart, so did he. Vancito looked at me seriously once the girls were gone.
6: How can I help?
7: You already are. Plus, you've got enough on your hands dealing with Darth Barris. I'll clean this mess up. If you need backup, though, I'll call. I promise. Thank you. You are my brother. There is no thanks needed. Good hunting, Lencoro. Good hunting, Vancito. I slid my gaze to where Mako stood with Vet. Vet was talking to her, but she didn't appear to be listening. Instead, she was staring right at me. She was giving me that fracking, melty look again, and I really, really wanted to run over and kiss her goodbye. I didn't. Instead, I backed up, turned around, and walked away. I had hunting to do.
0: hello everybody thank you so much for sticking around for these very quick announcements i will do my best to keep them fast but i just wanted to remind you guys of a couple things first Reminder that there is a Biggest Fan of the Show competition at the end of Season 2. The winner of this competition will get Larissa's lightsaber, the box signed by the cast. We're going to use Ultra Sabers to get you guys Larissa's lightsaber. I've gone in, I've picked out a hilt and blade and and sound effects and just done it up that I think uh, that's how Lorace's lightsaber would work. So that is what you guys are going to get at the end of Season 2. And like I said, with the box signed by the cast. So that gives you plenty of time to figure out how you're going to show us, me, the cast, why you are the biggest fan of the show I cannot wait to hear see what you guys have come up with also, please come and hang out with us we would love to meet you, to get to know you and even if you are an introvert, you are welcome, we have a discord server, um, and soon we'll have a Facebook group to join the discord click the link down in the description or go to dsc.gg backslash Crystal's Imagination, you can lurk in there and just respond in emotes if you're an introvert or you can just, you know, be all extroverted if you're an extrovert, we welcome, we welcome you all. Do not forget as well, please join us Tuesday evening, 7 Eastern, 6 Central for the Legacy After Show. I talk with the cast about the episode, I take y'all's questions, we just have a good time, and that's after we listen to the latest episode and I do those on Twitch, twitch.tv backslash Crystal's Imagination. Or you can just click the link down in the description. And I don't know if you know this, but every now and then, at the end of episodes, there are end scenes after the credits. Every now and then. Please remember to subscribe, drop us a review, and share this story with your friends. To view the full cast list, get your PDF copy of Legacy, and learn more about Crystal's sci-fi novels and other upcoming fiction podcasts, go to crystalsimagination.com. Episode eight features voice performances by Bun Barry, Adam Corman, Melissa Oki, Ray DeCanos, Eric and Kendra Mickles, Jake Riker, Guamah Stenel, Alejandro Paz, and Devin Tyus sound engineering and Foley work for this episode done by Hannah Kardiak and Crystal Storm. Legacy's theme song is composed by Daniel Cherlitza, titled Star Wars Dark Side Themes Reimagined. Additional amazing music tracks contributed to this episode so please read the description for full credits and links to each track. Legacy is a work of fan fiction. Created inside the Star Wars The Old Republic Universe. It is written, directed, and produced by Crystal Storm. The Dacklin family are original characters created by Crystal. A big thank you to Bioware, LucasArts, and Disney for providing such a rich world to create it.
4: So have you even been to Nar Shaddaa?
5: No, but I know how it's pronounced. Well,
4: you made me look like an idiot in front of the key. I'm just...
5: Say it right. I
4: couldn't say Makithia right for three days. He already thinks of me as like this idiot.
5: That sounds like a personal problem. Just stop making me look stupid.
4: You? How do you look stupid if I can't pronounce... For because
5: we're a team if you're pronouncing things incorrectly it's going to make us both look stupid.
4: In the future you do all the talking then.
5: Okay, great. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I would prefer that. That
4: will work out great. Not not like when we were on Keshek all those years ago and I let you do the talking except guess what? Uh Axe can't speak uh wookiee. Okay, the
5: one language that I have trouble with. Yeah. I'll give you that.
4: Now, guess what? I have parts that can be ripped out because I used to have human parts that got ripped out by Wookiees.
5: Well, again, sounds like a personal problem. It's a
4: personal problem caused by you. You know what? I'm thinking this partnership might need to end.
5: Maybe it does.
4: What? Just like that? You're okay with that? No. I love you. I love you too. I haven't read the script. Are we related? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess it'd be okay because this is Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's
5: fine.